Does God care about excellence? <laughs> I think that's something you're kind of passionate about, Dad. Sometimes you can yeah. go to churches that, you know, maybe, I don't want to say demonize, but almost demonize the idea of excellence, that we shouldn't do things with excellence. It's way too showy. Well, early in my ministry, I traveled. I traveled to different communities around the country and churches and and oftentimes the church that I was supposed to speak in, when I would look for it and find it, it would be the church with the most rundown sign or the landscaping that looked the worst. And it was almost as though they were proud of, well, we don't care about external things. Yeah. And yeah. so it did become something that mattered to me, but especially now we're going to see an example of this. Yeah. Does God care today. about external excellence? Yeah. Does that matter to Good him? Question. Yes, he looks at the heart, but... We're going to see something interesting here in Exodus chapter 27. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior. And you want to get started in verse 1, Junior? You yeah, want me to? well, I can start. You just tell me how to pronounce the second word in well, this chapter. I think that's up to you. You know, that's your... Is it Acacia? <laughs> that sounds like a name, doesn't it? I well, was going to say Acacia. Okay. I mean, we have a girl in our church named Acacia, name Acacia so yeah. I thought maybe... But I don't know. I, I'm yeah. going to go with Acacia. Okay. Using Acacia wood construct this is god giving the plans for the altar that he wants built mm -hmm. very specific yep construct a square altar seven and a half feet wide seven and a half feet long four and a half feet high make horns for each of the four corners that the horns and the altar are all one piece i wonder what they would have done if the craftsman came along and you know it's supposed to be seven and a half feet wide and it was actually seven and a quarter feet wide supposed to be seven and a half feet long and they did it, uh, you know, maybe seven and three quarters feet long. And then, you know, Moses says, Hey, this isn't to specs. And the constructor says, well, you know, it's, it's really good enough. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be offensive. I think it would be. Yeah. yeah. God was very precise in yeah. what he was asking. And for. he's asking all one piece. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is going to be expensive. Overlay the altar with bronze. Make ash buckets, shovels, basins, meat forks, and fire pans, all of bronze. Make a bronze grating for it and attach four bronze rings at its four corners. Would have been a lot easier to have not used bronze because that's actually an alloy, which for people who are used to traveling, that would have been a difficult task. Yeah, you got to mix tin and copper mm -hmm. out there in the wilderness. Yeah. So that would have been hard. Install the grating halfway down the side of the altar under the ledge for carrying the altar. Make poles from acacia wood and overlay them with bronze. Insert the poles through the rings on the two sides of the altar. The altar must be hollow, made from planks. Build it just as you were shown on the mountain. Then make the courtyard for the tabernacle enclosed with curtains made of finely woven linen. On the south side, make the curtains 150 feet long. I mean, that's just like a wow factor right there. Mm -hmm. It is. They'll be held up by 20 posts set securely in 20 bronze basins. Hang the curtains with silver hooks and rings. Now, this is all for the tabernacle, which was their traveling center of worship. The temple eventually would replace the tabernacle when Solomon builds a temple, but that's a couple hundred years later. Yeah. So Anytime they move, they got to pack all this stuff up. Yeah. So, of course, there would have been a much easier way to have done this if they could have just made it simpler. Yep. And easier, not just for the time when they were building it at that moment, but also for all the traveling that they were doing. Yeah. It was an easier way to do this. Yeah, but God is asking for something hard and something very specific and something very beautiful and excellent. Mm -hmm. Verse 11, Dad, you want to take it from there? Sure. Make the curtains the same on the north side, 150 feet of curtains held up by 20 posts securely in bronze bases. Hang the curtains with silver hooks and rings. Again, impressive. The curtains on the, I mean, <laughs> hang the curtains with silver hooks and rings. 
The curtains on the west end of the courtyard will be 75 feet long, supported by 10 posts set into 10 bases. And the east end of the courtyard, the front, will also be 75 feet long. Think about that's That's big. That's tall. Yeah. The courtyard entrance will be on the east end, flanked by two curtains. The curtain on the right side will be 22 and a half feet long, supported by three posts set into three bases. The curtain on the left side will also be 25 and a half feet long, supported by three posts set into three bases. For the entrance of the courtyard, make a curtain that is 30 feet long, make it from finely woven linen, and decorate it with beautiful embroidery, blue, purple, scarlet thread, perhaps supported with four posts, each securely set in its own bases. Now, you know, if you're able to go to the fabric store and just purchase this, it wouldn't be as big a deal. So it would have been, I mean, that'd be hard for me to do even today. Right. With the... Uh, power tools and everything that I've got available to no, me. They got to weave these that, that things. Would be hard. They've got to weave all of that. They yeah. got to make the thread even before they weave it. Right. All the posts around the courtyard must have silver rings and hooks and bronze bases. So the entire courtyard will be 150 feet long and 75 feet wide with curtain walls, seven and a half feet high made from finely woven linen. The basis for the post will be made of bronze. All the articles used in the rituals of the tabernacle, including all the tent pegs used to support the tabernacle in the courtyard, curtains must be made of bronze. Let me just stop there because we're about to finish out this chapter, but I think we should just stop here at this point and just say, God cares very much about excellence. He sure does. He cares about how we create things because as we create things, we are reflecting our creator Mm -hmm. and he wants us to do things well. He wants us to do things in excellence. And sometimes, and I'm just saying at the bridge specifically, but I I think churches like the bridge can get flack. And we've gotten flack for this before. Like, oh, everything's just way too polished. You know, everything's just... You know, we practice everything and Mm -hmm. everything's way too polished. precise in instructions even to whether it's musicians, anybody that's on stage or yep. any kind of public ministry. Micromanaged is, you know, maybe my Sometimes generation might even say there. that, you know, mm-hmm. all the volunteers just micromanage because they just want things done very, very, very specifically. And it's not because we want things polished as a reflection of us. We just believe that this is an offering to God. We believe excellence honors God and inspires people. Yeah. And sometimes people in my generation can kind of say, well, I'm looking for something a little bit more authentic. Thank you talking about. You can mm-hmm. be authentic and polished, and I think you should be. Mm-hmm. That these people here, and this this doesn't mean that God is asking for non-authentic people Mm -hmm. or a non-authentic community. He's just saying, I want you to do things in excellence. Yes, still be authentic. We say excellence is doing the best you can with what you have. And of course, what they had was less than what we have today. They didn't have electronics. They didn't have sound systems. They didn't have the same musical instruments we have today. They didn't have the building materials that are available to us. So, they, but the, what they used, even though it was very difficult to make the most of what they used, they still made the absolute most of what they had and they did the yep. best with what they had. And, and when, that's what God was requiring. Yes. And when other nations would look at them, they'd say, there is something different about mm-hmm. those people. Look how much they care. And that is why we do things as a church. I'm, I'm speaking specifically of the bridge right now of why we want to have things more mm-hmm. polished and excellent. Not because we want to be better than the church down the road. We pray for the church down the road and we cheer them on, but we want to be a beacon in the community of look at these people and and what how much they care about what they do. Mm-hmm. That speaks to the God that we serve. Yeah. I've got a friend who pastors in a part of the city where it's very dark and difficult. There's a lot of crime and buildings are for the most part boarded up and it just looks rough. And their church building, in fact, they're in the middle of a huge uh, project to change the urban environment of where they're located. 
and they're not doing things in, in a flashy way that is going to make it set apart from the rest of the community. But what everything that they do, it, it, it to me, it looks like this is an island of hope, a place where things are done well, where it gives them a vision of who they can become if they get connected with the same God. Yeah. And I'm really proud of them. And uh, I think that's what we should do in every location yeah. where we are. People are drawn to excellence because it is a mark of our creator. Our creator it is. is excellent. Yeah. All right. So command the people of Israel, verse 20, to bring you pure oil of pressed olives for the light to keep the lamps burning continually. The That's lights expensive. were not supposed to go out. That's expensive. It's expensive and it takes constant attention. Yeah. The lampstand will stand in the tabernacle in front of the inner curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant. Aaron and his sons must keep the lamps burning in the Lord's presence all night. This is a permanent law for the people of Israel and it must be observed from generation to generation. Yeah, yeah I would say the ending of your story of your of your question yes god cares about excellence and because of that we should as well and so as you're going into work today we're, we're going to get to proverbs in just a second but i'll just say as we're going into work today whether it's in our own homes or whether it's in the office we should care to be a reflection of the excellence of our creator mm, exactly all right so we're in proverbs 6 and again a lot of good stuff in proverbs 6 one of the repeated themes that solomon has in Proverbs is the the need for morality and paying attention to our own morality and our behavior and not getting caught up with the, the wrong person and allowing yourself to give in because of, because of their temptation. And he says in verse 30, excuses might be found for a thief who steals because he is starving, but if he is caught, he will be fined seven times as much as he stole, even if it means selling everything in his house to pay it back. So see, it's bad enough if you steal, and you're going to have to, you're, there'll be some consequences to it. But the man who commits adultery, verse 32, the man who commits adultery is an utter fool for he destroys his own soul. There is something about sexual sin where it is set apart from other sins. And, and it is rampant in our culture today because we've done everything we can to just erase any idea of shame or guilt associated with a person's sexuality. But there is something about sexual sin. Paul talks about it in the New Testament as well, in that it's a sin against the body and harms us in a way that goes beyond other sins. And it's not that we can categorize and say, well, this sin is better than this sin. Any kind of a sin is against God. But there are some sins where the consequences are more severe. And so Solomon, who was guilty himself and had violated his own morality and had brought all kinds of harm on him and his household, so he knew about this. And so he gives this huge warning to the young people that were growing up in this palace. Man, you watch it because that kind of a sin will take you down. It does. Yep. Yep. Just took a buddy of mine down. Yeah. It's, it's and it's very sad, sad to see. Yep. You know? So uh, it's an international day of something yep. today. Well, I'll let you guess what this means. Job action day. Okay. And here's what, here's what this means is that today is one of those days where you just kind of decide what would, you know, because sometimes we we have our jobs like, I should just do this at my job one day. Maybe ask to have that meeting or kind of throw my hat in the ring for that promotion or try to assemble this project. But you've just been kind of holding off. Hmm. And today is just that day that we just, hey, go for it. Whatever it is, step out of your comfort zone and go after it. And do it in excellence. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's just your job action for today. Yeah. You've just been phoning in this job, and now it's time to just, uh, you know what? I'm going to worship at this job by just doing it yeah. out of excellence. It's great. All right. Well, make it a good day today. And we'll, we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.